Hi there and welcome to Abroad with Care, the 10-minute podcast that makes health easy for expats in Asia. My name is Andrea and every day I help expats make the most of their life abroad. With this podcast, you will finally get the practical answers you need on budgets, hospitals, maternity and many more topics. Twice a month, leading experts will share advice and tips to help you protect yourself and your family. This podcast is created in partnership with April International, a leading insurance services group supporting expats when it matters. Whether you're pregnant, planning to have a baby or simply need a regular checkup, you may be looking for an obstetrician gynaecologist, also known as OB-GYN. But finding one you trust and feel comfortable with might be a real headache when you're new in Asia. In today's episode, you will better understand how OB-GYN work in Asia and get tips straight from an expert to find the right one for you. I am thrilled to welcome Dr. Michelle Sui, OB-GYN specialist based in Hong Kong. But first, let's listen to Saida's story. Saida gave birth in Hong Kong and then in Singapore. By giving birth in two countries, she has had two very different experiences. Uh, maybe I should uh, quickly, uh, briefly explain how I came to Asia. Um, so it was like eight years ago, I was transferred for work. Uh, when I got transferred, I also got the great news that I was pregnant. So uh, my move to Hong Kong, I moved while I was um, almost three, three months uh, pregnant. So I started my pregnancy, you know, checks in Switzerland. And when I arrived in, in Hong Kong, we settled down there. I, you know, straight away started to work. It was back in uh, in 2012, and that year is actually quite an important year, which I didn't know, which I got to know, was the year of the dragon. And you know, and me coming from the Western world, having no idea about you know the implications of giving birth during that year. I mean, I got to learn about it the hard way, and it was extremely difficult to find a gynecologist. The way I went about it, so two ways. Um, Obviously, my local colleagues were a wealth of information, but I also went into, you know, online to just check on reviews. One of the key aspects that I was also looking when reading the reviews is I wanted to make sure that um, there's like chemistry in terms of like, uh, you know, bedside manners. I, you know, I needed somebody that, you know, would take time to explain things. And that's not, that's not a given. Uh, but I really found like the right, uh, the right doctor um, to help me through my pregnancy, my first pregnancy. I had a, a second child in, in Singapore. So I have two sons. I have to stress on the fact that, you know, um, I mean, both Singapore and Hong Kong, they have amazing medical infrastructure you know, you do feel you're in, uh, in, in, in great hands and, you know, the availability, the speed of, you know, getting appointments and, you know, that's something I, I really find reassuring. Had a very good experience in Singapore and in, uh, in Hong Kong. So thanks for joining us today, Michelle. Thank you for your invitation. Like Saida, many expats face challenges when navigating the OBGYN system in Asia. Firstly, could you explain what an obstetrician and a gynecologist is? Sure. There are two parts to the specialty. The obstetrics part is uh, mainly involving antenatal care uh, and the delivery of the baby. That involves ultrasound scans, doing all the antenatal checkups, ensuring that the pregnancy goes well and delivering the baby at the end. 
and uh, as well as postnatal checks. So that's the obstetrics parts. Gynecology basically is taking care of all the womanly issues that includes the regular gynae checkup, the pap smears, ultrasound scans of the ovaries, uterus for any pathology, and also performing surgeries if needed for those pathologies. So how would you know when you need to see a gynecologist or an OBGYN? There are many situations where you would need to see a gynecologist. Uh, and sometimes, even if you have no particular illnesses or, or complaints, you might still want to see a gynecologist. For example, you want to sometimes see them for regular checkups and preconception checks and counseling. You might also want to see them if you are having fertility issues, as well as, of course, if you are pregnant. So you've mentioned quite a few different specialities when it comes to an OBGYN. Yes. Where can we find them? <laughs> We're everywhere. <laughs> Most of the time, you need a referral from your general practitioner. It depends on the, the health system. In Hong Kong, you don't always need to be referred by a general practitioner unless your insurance uh, states that you need a referral letter. Otherwise, you can always go and see a gynecologist for a checkup or if you want to uh, discuss contraception, that kind of things. Mm -hmm. As you've said, aubergine are everywhere. So when we move to a new country, it can be quite challenging to find the right aubergine for you. Where should you start? Nowadays, you can easily find one on the internet. However, there are two good sources that are is, is quite reliable usually to find a good gynecologist for yourself. One is if you ask your GP, especially if you go, you, you have a good relationship with your general practitioner, then usually if you like him or her, um, you will also like the gynecologist that is referred uh, to you by, by her or him. Um, another source is from your friends. Okay, so people who find that it is uh, they're comfortable with a particular OBGYN and they're quite similar to you in terms of uh, the kind of situation they're in or the kind of uh, service that they prefer, then they most likely will be able to be a, a good guide for you. In the first episodes of Abroad with Care, we have discussed the specificities between healthcare in the private and public sectors. So, what are some of the key differences between seeing an OBGYN? in the private sector or in the public sector? In the public sector, definitely, you will only be seeing a gynecologist if you are diagnosed with a problem. So you can't really request to see a gynecologist because you want to have a checkup or you want to have a chat about wanting to have a baby or wanting some advice for contraception. So these are usually not dealt with by a gynecologist. And uh, for obstetrics, usually in public system, you will only see the obstetrician maybe once or twice during the pregnancy. At other times, you may be taken care of by a midwife uh, in the antenatal clinics. And uh, of course, also every time you will be seeing a different doctor because you don't get to choose and whoever's on that day will be seeing you. With a private practitioner, usually you get a much better continuity of care. In Hong Kong, private sector, um, basically the person you're seeing in the clinic uh, every single time will also be the doctor who delivered the baby. So when it comes to choosing my OBGYN, what things should I be paying attention to? So you've mentioned before referrals, for example. And it's important. Yes. So I think um, with gynecology, most of the time, 
it's it's not a a major major issue. Uh, sometimes you may see gynecologists who, uh, if if they are suggesting treatments or or surgeries that you are not comfortable about, uh, you can always uh, seek a second opinion. I think it is uh, actually quite imp- important that you um, have that option open to yourself. With obstetrics, um, you might also want to discuss your major concerns or your aspirations for the delivery early on in the first appointment so that, for example, there are some doctors who do not do natural birth. Uh, so if you are aiming for a natural birth and you are have been seeing the same doctor for eight months and find out that actually they don't do natural birth, that won't be very nice. So you want to sort of voice out all your concerns at the beginning mm-hmm. to see if you're on the same page, basically. Um, What about um, evaluating, for example, any hospitals where these specialists would be affiliated with? Would there be any any specificities in Asia, for example, things that expats should take into consideration? So in terms of hospital, first of all, you have to decide whether you want to go private or public. I think one of the differences, especially, for example, in Hong Kong, is in a public hospital, you may not always get your epidural analgesic on request is subject to availability and also sometimes uh, uh, they prioritize different uh, only for example women with complications may be getting their epidural so that's one concern another one is um, even in the private sector there are hospitals that are working in different styles I maybe you can say because some are more let's say in Hong Kong okay there are some hospitals which are more Hong Kong style. So very medical, everything is very, uh, the rules are very strict. Some hospitals, uh, the fathers may not be able to participate a lot in the birth. They they will be there, but they may not be able to uh, maybe visit the baby or touch their own baby for a few days after giving birth, that kind of thing. So there may be some hospitals have different restrictions. So it's always a good idea to visit, to ask for a visit to the obstetrics unit and ask the, all the relevant questions before committing to a certain private hospitals. Many obstetricians uh, do go to different private hospitals. So um, some of us may just limit us ourselves to a few hospitals because of the location, because we cannot you know, go everywhere. Um, but usually there will be more than one choice. So you've obviously mentioned doing your research, visiting hospitals. And asking friends who have done it. Yes. Yeah, seeing specialists. Mm. Um, As an expat that would be coming from Europe or America, what differences should they be aware of, for example, when they're looking for the right um, OBGYN or obstetrician? I think uh, we've briefly touched on that before, such as um, whether the the OBGYN is is pro-natural birth, for example. Uh, You might want to ask them about their natural birth rates for ladies who want to do a natural birth. Because in Asia, there are many women who actually request to have a C-section because of uh, choosing an auspicious date, or they're very scared about giving birth naturally. And so it is actually quite common for women to actually request for a C-section. And there are also doctors who only want to do C-sections. So you need to know about that and also just make sure that you, uh, because it is not the case usually in Europe and the US. And so you need to make sure that you're looking at a doctor who is going to be going with the kind of birth plan you want to have. 
in terms of the hospital as well, there are hospitals where, um, for example, where you're relatively bed bound during the labor, or uh, some hospital will will have less liberty for your participation in the baby care after you give birth. Or have less skin-to-skin time. So these are all things that are、uh, very important in the Western culture to have a lot of skin-to-skin time, a lot of breastfeeding support, a lot of、uh, rooming in opportunity. But basically, be allowed to room in because in some private hospitals, babies will not room in with the mother unless you're in a private room, for example. So if you're sharing a room with another mom, some hospitals、uh, will still have. The baby next to you, while other hospitals will put all the babies in one single baby room that the dads are not allowed to go in. So you really have to find out about these things. There is, I guess, no right or wrong, but obviously, for people coming from the U.S. or the or Europe, they they probably will will be quite shocked、um, if they're being told that they can't go in. So just to summarize a few of the previous points that you've mentioned before. What tips would you give expats moving to Asia when finding the right OBGYN for them and their families? Word of mouth is actually a, a quite a good way <laughs> because、uh, if your other expat friends have、uh, who have been here before, and、uh, especially if they've recently delivered a baby and they've had a good experience with the hospital or the place or or doctor, then it usually is a very good guide.、Uh, that's number one. Number two is ask your general practitioner. If you already have one, and of course you can also do some research on the internet. And、uh, for people who are, for example, halfway pregnant already and are、uh, flying to Asia during the pregnancy, it's always good to contact the doctor.、Um, sometimes, like via email, and、um, ask a few questions and see whether that would be a good fit for you. I think adding on to what you've mentioned, it would also be important to know what your insurance cover、um, provides. Yes, for women who have. A smaller insurance or no insurance. Sometimes they might want to do the li- delivery still in the public hospital, but see a private OBGYN for their regular checkups to ensure everything's going well, and also to get some advice on how to handle the labor before they go in. So just to recap a little bit,、um, it's important to take into consideration word of mouth or referral. Yes,、um, the experience and the communication style of a specialist as well. Exactly. So, if possible, it's not a bad idea to already visit the OBGYN when you are planning for a pregnancy.、Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You've provided some very interesting information and useful tips when it comes to finding the right OBGYN. Thank you for listening to、Asia. Abroad with Care.、So、thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any health-related topics. Your friends may have the same questions as you, and you can help them out by sharing this episode with them. Do you want to know more regarding health insurance? April International is here for you. Find out more information at asia.april-international.com.